and we're back. Hi, everybody. It's been a long time since we've talked to you. About how many months do you think it's been, Sid? At least four months. Really? Yeah. Really? Because that's how long this has been going on. Wow. So we appreciate you so much, The those of you who will actually hear this and who have been patiently waiting. Alex. Alex, the one person. By the way, side note, I, I did not realize how short Alex was until I was standing in front of her in her kitchen. She's so cute. I know. She's wonderful. Hi, Alex. Because um, Alex is the only person who actually gave us a review on iTunes, so we're very grateful to her. So we're giving her a shout-out. Shout-out. You've been, you've been shouted. Okay, so... Basically, the reason you haven't heard from us in forever is Sydney's pregnant. Whoop, whoop. Yep. And so we just put our little post thing on the internet to formally receive 200 likes and comments. And <laughs> Nobody gets our jokes. Yes. And we put we, we kind of made a joke out of it, which I feel like we should have a page for this podcast and that that's where it should have got posted. We nope. do have a page for this podcast. Okay. Well, why didn't it get posted there? We'll be posting that later. Okay. Or, or you're getting fired. Anyways, so that happened, and Sydney's kind of, uh, we're, we're both just kind of learning as we go, and so it's been a little bit more challenging to get us both in a place to where we feel good enough to make a recording or to even sit down and to plan ahead. Yeah, the first trimester was roof. Yeah, she was struggling. She's feeling a little bit better right now, and we're starting to kind of get some organization in our life back. Um, also... We just put money down on a house across town, so that's whoop a big... Whoop. Thank you. That's I'm the a... hype man. You are the hype man. Um, so that's a big deal for us. We're super duper excited about, but there's a million pieces of paperwork, which by the way, I forgot we have to send in more stuff. So you can do that while I'm grilling tonight. And um, yeah, there's just so much paperwork that goes with that. Baby visits, freak outs over how are we going to afford this thing. Um, Trainings. Did I... Have we recorded since I crashed my dirt bike? Oh, yeah, because I did one when I was on Vicodin or whatever. Okay, they already mm. know about that. Um, but that will come into... So we're high every time we do this podcast, it turns not. out. We are not, although that stuff is delicious. But, uh, yeah, so that's why you haven't heard from us for a while. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for waiting. Um, there's a topic we've been wanting to cover. Probably this whole time. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much this whole time we've been saying, hey, we got to do this topic, we got to do this topic. And uh, today's topic is friendship, and I want to make it clear, I'm not referring to necessarily friendship between you and your spouse within marriage. I'm more so referring to... Right, that's a whole nother topic. I'm more so referring to, um, I'm referring to friendships as like a couple-to-couple friendship, or... Or even just your own individual friendships outside of marriage. Right, exactly. So... We have a lot of thoughts on that, and um, essentially this is something where we have struggled with. We've struggled with since we um, started, since we've been married, essentially. It's been tough for us to find other couples that we can be friends with. And uh, we feel like even in some cases before we've got married, we've struggled individually with friendships. True. And, you know, we've met many other couples who have seem like they have the same problem. We also have a new format. Right, because we've been we we've been uh, told by several people that our format, is, or we don't have a format, and that we could really use one, and then that would be super helpful for us. Um, so we're trying out a new format tonight. We're going to do our best to stick to it. 
So let us know how it goes, Alex. All right, we're going to pause for one second as I need to deal with something, and then we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. Minor technical difficulty because we're regular people attempting to operate this stuff in a spare room with zero professional training whatsoever. And it's really hot in here. It is kind of hot in here, but that is irrelevant. All right, Sid. What's the first point we want to make about this topic of friendship? Expectations of friendship. So when we were talking about this, um, you know, one of the things I learned early in marriage is at the center of all disappointment in marriage or in relationships are unmet expectations. And I also believe that you don't really know what your expectations are until they go unmet. And so when Sydney and I were talking about this, I think that I think we kind of have a version of an expectation about marriage that is, or excuse me, an expectation about friendship that is kind of the guy wants a friend that's like the friend of Jim Carrey on the Truman show. If you remember that movie, it was like the guy was always available at the right time, which, of course, ironically, because the whole thing was fake. That's why it was too convenient, <laughs> which was sort of, I, I, I hope, in, informs us as, as watchers. But it was too convenient. He was always ready with his pickup truck and a six-pack of beer to go sit by the dock. And they'll either just like hang out and drink beer or they'll go fish or whatever. And then he always knows the right thing to say. And they can just talk about whatever, talk about sports, talk about the wife, the kids, life, whatever. You know, the old times back in college or whatever. And it's just like mm -hmm. the, the perfect bro situation. And maybe, you know, today guys would want a version of that where it's like, let's say, you know, the other guy's also a Christian and we're into the same sports. And, you know, we both work with our hands or we're both into, we're both into programming. We're both into the thing, whatever the thing is. We're both married. We have kids of the same age or we haven't, don't have kids yet, but it's the same. And, and I think guys kind of want, a version of a dude like that who gets them on like the, the hobby and sports level, but also gets them on the morals and life goal level and is also somewhere in their age range to where they feel like they can relate. And, and uh, Sydney kind of gave me a version of what, what the female version of that is. What do you think that is said? Well, it wasn't really like the female version. It was just what my idea of, what friendship is supposed to look like or my search for having a best friend mm -hmm. and this whole idea of thinking that you need to have this one person in your life that is your confidant and your person and you can call them at all times of the night and they're always going to be there for you and want to do sleepovers and paint your nails and do fun crafts and cooking and whatever and just always be their kind of person because we have you know these examples of sex in the city or golden girls or golden girls yeah is our example yeah okay i guess i guess for for girls they're just exam they're just examples of these shows that have highlighted like wow this group of best friends that have been together since they were in elementary school and they just love each other so much. And... I'm Blanche. Okay. And I'm Samantha. <laughs> and no, actually, I'm okay, more like okay, Miranda okay. or Charlotte. 
so anyways. But anyways, we have these examples in Hollywood that are very like these people just met, they came together, they've been best friends, they meet or, each other for lunch all the time. Dur, we just finished watching every every season of Friends. Oh yeah, also that. Totally. So, pretty much every example is a little bit of an unrealistic example and so I was kind of feeling bad like am I weird for not having that best friend person that I because I do have a lot of friends that I'm very close to and I can go deep with for sure but I don't have that person that I would say oh this is my best friend and we do everything together other than you obviously I like, so, the, I like the things we do together. Yeah, I like that too. But I started feeling bad like there was something broken within me or I'm messed up because I don't have this this person, which is kind of where this whole conversation started for me, was how do I change that mentality? Yeah, I've um, been told by many people that... Uh... I'm not very approachable and it's tough because I do want, I do want that friendship. And, you know, I, I always feel like I have to section myself up into friends. And I always just wanted, you know, a version of a guy that I can relate to in all areas. And I just never, can never find that because my, in, my interests are so bizarre and obscure between racing motorcycles and having a martial arts background and doing church stuff and being in construction, it's just such a, a bizarre, a bizarre thing. And, and to have the expectation of, a, of somebody else meeting those, it's almost like you just give up. And, uh, but if you also feel that sense of longing, like I wish I had that cause you, you see versions of that story or you meet people or you meet, yeah, you meet people who are like that and have that friendship that just seems really close and you kind of envy that. And the other thing is we have all these friends who are basically our same age bracket life stage and we just can't seem to get along in such a way where we connect. And it seems like on paper we should, but we don't. Mm -hmm. And we kind of start feeling like, you know, we, we see all the, not see, we hear all these sermons about living life in community and you know, your church is your family in, in a sec, in a sort, in a sort of way. And you're supposed to have this really great relationship with the community group. And it just like, it just does, never takes, man. It's like a, a transplanted organ that gets rejected every time it feels like for us. Yeah. It's not for lack of effort, not for lack. Well, pretty much every community group that we've been a part of is such a group of just <laughs> randos <laughs> that it doesn't make any sense. It is very random. Like no, none of these people. If they weren't, it's like you go to church and they're like, join community, get in community, get involved. And then you Randos. find, <laughs> and then you find the community group that's closest to your house. You end up going there because it's convenient. It's close to your house. It's on the right night of the week that works for you and your family. And you go there and you're like, not that, I mean, I'm sure you're like, I don't enjoy this, but, <laughs> but yes, very overtly. I'm like, I enjoy it because I like people and I like being around people and I'm extrovert, but I get it that it's like, yeah, I probably don't want to hang out with these people 
outside of this one night a week, and then it's like, what are we really doing? Because we're not living life together. Right. We're not actually being friends. It's almost like we're forced into these relationships because that's what we're supposed to do. It feels like but a it's first, not organic. It feels like every every week you have a first date with a bunch of people that you're not that into, and they're not that into you, and you have to sit there for the entire date. Right, and then usually you're talking about different topics or the sermon or maybe you're doing a study together and there's always the one or two people that need to take up more than half the time of the group to give their opinion and talk for so long and then you're just like and if you've never thought what is happening if you've never had that thought at your group you're that person (laughs) you are that person who talks too much about too many things and doesn't respect other people's time so chew on that this has been a public service announcement <laughs> by the Ad Council. Um, oh, so many pastors want to say that. I'm just going to say it for you. Um, but yeah, so I think that it would be good. You've kind of started to go into it, but the second part that we wanted to go into is confronting these expectations and how come, you know, school, it was so much easier to have a best friend yeah, and how come yeah. it was so much easier to relate when you're younger. <clears throat> it seems like mm-hmm. versus when you're an adult. Yeah. That's something that <clears throat> I guess I had the realization a while ago. So, um, essentially, uh, as you know, if you're a regular listener to our podcast, all four of you, uh, I had a really big crash on my motorcycle like uh, four months ago or so. And, um, it was one of those months where I had a lot of time in the air to look at the ground and think to myself, Today, there's a good chance today is going to be the last day of my life or the last day that I'm able to walk or feed myself or not wear a diaper. So it was a very, very, very intense experience. And even though I was able to walk away from it, uh, the trauma of it emotionally, of being that level of scared, uh, definitely stuck with me and made me think really hard about how I'm living my life and uh, the people I'm spending time with. And... It made me realize that the people, some of the people I was spending more time with really weren't the best thing for me. And um, they were kind of just there because it just so happened to kind of be convenient. And I realized that you don't really learn how to cultivate friendships as a kid. Like you have these really close friends. You always have your best friend every year. If you're like me and you change schools every year, you have a new best friend every year. And that's because they sit next to you every single day, five days a week for six hours a day. Uh, and then you, so inevitably you play at recess. And so you spend a c- tremendous amount of time with that person, but really it has a lot more to do with proximity and convenience. And so most of the work of maintaining the friendship is done artificially and externally for you. So all you have to do is be nice or relatively, or remember some things about that person's life or go hang out at their house, whatever instant best friend. And then you move into college, sort of the same deal. Um, And then at some point, once you're out of school and you're in real life, you'd never really learned how to go and seek out somebody who's not forced to be in your life and trying to integrate them into your life. And I realized that that was a problem and that if I wanted to have the kind of friendships that I really believed were going to matter, because after all, when you're literally facing death, you start thinking, is the life I lived thus far worth it? And if not, what can I do 
to make sure that my life is worth it. And part of that for me was making sure that I'm spending the time around the kind of people that I want to rub off on me and that I want to become more like and that I feel like are really worth it and are going to help me be the greatest version of myself for the long run. And so, and I think that it's important to mention in that vein that that isn't a selfish thing to yeah, thank you. want that because it, I think a lot of people... I love it when you stick up for me. Well, I think a lot of people will feel like feel like they're drawn into relationships that are maybe not the healthiest, and maybe that is true. Like, God draws us into relationships with people because he wants us to be there for them or help them in a certain way, and it's not necessarily that we're learning from them, but maybe they're learning from us or we're learning from God from being around them or whatever it is. But it's not selfish to want to have a relationship where you do feel like this is fruitful, I'm growing in Christ, I'm maturing in Christ, I'm feeling like every time I'm with this person, I feel encouraged, I feel liked, I feel Mm -hmm. like somebody wants to be around me. That's a vibrant friendship, vibrant relationship. Right. And you think about... You know, Jonathan and David is the example that we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. today of just these two people that they didn't necessarily spend every waking moment together, but they had a soul connection and they rejoiced in each other and they spent time with one another and they ministered to one another. They protected each other. They had a brotherly love and connection that bonded them for life, even when David had to go into hiding and, mm-hmm. you know, be away, Jonathan was there to to protect, to make sure the king didn't, you know, find him or harm him, things like that. So there was just so much that they did for one another, and it wasn't selfish on either part mm-hmm. because they weren't just there to gain. They were also there to give so it was very like reciprocal in their mm-hmm. relationship and sometimes they think you might meet somebody and you might think oh they're too busy for me or they're too good for me or they're a way better they're christian <laughs> they're a way better christian than i am how could they learn something from me mm-hmm. you know and you might have this kind of false sense of self where you're putting yourself down and not realizing yeah maybe they are mature in ways that you aren't, but there's always a give and take there if that relationship is something that the Lord has designed for you and to be fruitful. There's always going to be that give and take, so I just wanted to mention that. So, yeah, that's, you know, kind of our our second point here is just trying to get real about how, I don't know. I guess I can just speak for us because I don't want to just make a blanket statement and say, you know, all you people or the church or Christians in general, whatever. You can, If this applies to you, then take it. But I can just say for us, the expectation of just stumbling onto these relationships because my church told me to go join a community group or to join this men's group or women's group or whatever. Um, the expectation that we're all just going to flourish and blossom together is going to be beautiful. It's just totally silly and it's unrealistic. And part of it, I would blame the church that they set up that expectation for us and um but you know we also are adults and we we should be able to have the brain to be able to say okay this this is not real you know these are just this is a random cross section of 
the population, and these are random people in the statistical likelihood that you're going to meet somebody or a, another couple who's same age range, roughly, same stage of life, roughly, um, same interest for both male and female. The guys get along, the girls get along, similar availability and desire to want to hang out with one another. Like all, all of those factors multiplied by each other creates like an infinitesimal possibility of it happening. So it's extremely unlikely of you just bumping into another couple that you guys really click with at church or, you know, it's slightly more likely that, a, you know, a guy and a married guy will find, you know, a, end up being buddies or a girl and a married girl will end up being buddies. Um, whatever the female version of buddies is. <laughs> Fembros. And, uh, Fembros? Yeah. Okay. It's a fun word I made up a few years ago. A few years ago? Yeah. Wow. I haven't had a good time to, to break it out until now. He's but, testing out his vocabulary. But the point, the point being is that you kind of, we kind of just got to get real about what our expectations are for meeting people. And, and then both of us have been discouraged and kind of put a little bit of that negativity on the church and on Christianity in general as being sort of like this unrealistic standard that we're supposed to all have these great and vibrant relationships, these long-term friendships. And, um, you know, that, that kind of oscillates between resentment towards the church for making these demands of us and then despair for feeling like, oh man, there's this huge part of my life I'm missing out on or that we're missing out on as a couple. Um, I, you know, I want us to have best friends and then their kids to grow up with our kids and everything to be great, you know? And it's like, it can just, it really is more of a despair thing for us of, of being disappointed that we don't have that. So now that we've bummed you out thoroughly, uh, I wanted to kind of <laughs> transition into sort of the third point we, we, um, wanted to make. And so we have two different verses, uh, and I'm going to read them and then I'm going to give you context as to what, what we're kind of getting at here. So we're going to end on a note of hope. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the first one is going to be Proverbs thirteen twenty, And so that simply says, walk with the wise and become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. And then, uh, the other one I wanted to also reference is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen which is one you've heard a million times, is as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Um, it was actually kind of tough to find verses about friendship. Sydney and I got into a, a little debate at breakfast about... Well, you told me there's no verses on friendship. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> yes, there are. Okay. I mean, not, not, not in the sense that I... They're thorough in explaining about... Not an exact there's prescription... So of here's exactly how you go and make a deep lifelong friendship. <laughs> like, okay. No. There's so much more in the Bible about learning about submission, learning about greed, learning about how to live and work honorably, how to be a good parent, how to be a good son or daughter. But I think relationships is the very foundation and the core that runs throughout the whole Bible because God came here to pursue relationship so you are, you are correct. There are examples of friendship, I think, and verses that pertain to this, but you have to be open to looking for those, you know, and if you're naturally not in the mindset, like you're very introverted, so you're naturally mm -hmm. not in the mindset of looking for relationship and connection mm -hmm. with people in the scriptures, you're probably more looking at the theological points or the things that are of more interest to you. Right. I'm more interested in ideas than I am in people. Right. So. Which is great for making friendships. <laughs> so, yeah. So, when we were talking about it, I was just 
so I was almost offended that you were what? saying that there wasn't any scriptures in relation Why to would friendship. That offend you? Because I was like, are you kidding me? There's so many things, but okay. Anyways, so the first one that talks about that you mentioned the Proverbs thirteen twenty that talks about being or being companions with. We're good. Still recording. Continue. Okay. Are we? We are. It's okay. recording. The screen froze. The recording did not. All right. But partnering yourself with wise people versus being the companion of fools. And... I think that that's, uh, that's something that I think a lot of people get sort of trapped into because when you grow up with friends, you know, if you make friends in your early 20s or even in your teens... And then you're into your mid, late 20s or even your 30s. You feel like you want to be a good friend with somebody who's been faithful for a long time. And you want to stay committed to that friendship, that relationship, because there's something there. And there's a lot of history there that you don't get to have with other people. But if it turns out your buddy from college is an idiot, he's not helping you be a better Christian, better husband. And um, then you need to consider getting rid of him because he is a fool. And so... I shouldn't say it like that, not getting rid of him, but just maybe just think about it, the, the amount of time you're spending with a person and are they foolish or are they wise? Are they moving you towards godliness or away from it? And I mean, it's just true the pe that the people you spend your time with are going to affect your personality, the choices you make, the priorities you have, your humor, um, just your And old. a lot of times those people are or your friendships, those are the ones that you're wanting to confide in and get advice from. Right. And if you don't respect or this even, person's life or the decisions that they make. Compare yourself to. Right. And if you don't, you know, respect this person's life and the decisions that they make, then how are you going to ask them for advice in a problem that you have? You know, and they're, and it, I think that it has been hard for us because I feel like either the people that are friends that are much wiser than us, they're married, they're have older kids, they're not not in our life stage and they don't really have time probably to Also they're fifty five minutes away. <laughs> well yeah, and distance, but it's not necessarily that it just feels different. It feels more of like a mentorship than it does feel like we're super buddy buddies or like best friends or they're single or dating and they're not yet in our life stage and maybe they're a little bit more on our level as far as relationally and the things that we can talk about, but it still doesn't necessarily feel like we're in the same. What are you doing? Sorry, go ahead, continue. What are you doing? Turning off my phone. Please continue. Okay. That was definitely me. Please continue <laughs> your thought because we're recording a podcast. So I feel like we haven't really met those people that we can say are on the same level where I could, where I feel like, and 
it's hard to put that into words because I don't want to be like, oh, they're beneath us or they're above us. Like, it's not like that is not what I'm trying to say, but it's more, I don't know, where you come to the table and you feel like equals with somebody. Like, I feel like we can come to the table with each other and feel more like equals than necessarily than necessarily have we found a couple that we can say that we feel like that with. You know what I mean? Mm, not quite. I don't think I'm on the same page with you. What do you mean when you say equals? Like that we both come to the table and know that we both want to grow in Christ. We both want similar things for our lives. We have plans. Mm-hmm. We're obviously in the same life stage because oh, we're I sharing see. life. I thought you meant like we're better than them. No, I'm saying you and me come together as equals, but we haven't ha- really had a relationship where we can feel like this couple is in the exact same place as us and we found our soul couple. You know? Soul couple? Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I understand what you're saying now. Maybe if you put your phone down, you would be well, listening better. How else will people see the live stream? Okay. Say hi. Hi. Okay, bye. All right. So, yeah. So the thing that, like I kept alluding to and beginning the thought and not finishing, was, you know, I crash my motorcycle. I kind of have these, these epiphanies about my life. And am I making the decisions that I really believe in? Am I just kind of coasting or am I just... Maybe not coasting. Am I just taking life as it comes and enjoying myself? Or am I really being proactive because it almost just ended right now and I may not get till, you know, to live to 85. So let's make sure that we maximize the time that we're here now. But it was a good little reminder um, of how futile, I shouldn't say futile, how fragile life is. It's like a vapor. So that being said, it made me choose to pick up the phone and call a few friends of mine that I really, really value their friendship and they're very special to me. And these are people that I want to be closer to. These are the kind of relationships that are super healthy and super beneficial for me. And these are with the kind of people that I want to become more like. And so I really pressed into those. And I said, listen, I'm picking up the phone. I'm taking the initiative. I want to call you and say, brother, I love you. Let's spend some time together, bud. When can you get together? I want to, I want your time. And so which I feel like is so rare. Who well, does that? Right. Well, you know, when you almost die, you do some really weird things, it uh, turns out. And so, um, you know, the kind of there's, there's two takeaways from there. Takeaway number one is I was it made me very much reevaluate, are the people in my life sharpening me or are they making me more dull? And I had to really be honest about some friendships I cared about that were not sharpening me. And... Um, Yeah, and I and I to be honest and say, okay, who are the people? If I spend more time with, they're probably going to make me a sharper Christian, sharper man, more healthy emotionally, more honest, more, more everything that I want to be as a man. And so that those are the people I was proactive about. And then number two was this thing that's a theme that's kind of like the big thing that we've been building to that I really just want to rant about, but I'm gonna try to keep myself under control here, uh, but I won't. Um, Here's the, here's the cycle that I see happens. You have this person or this couple, 
and they are going to this church or a part of this group or doing this thing. And they say, you know, we just don't really feel connected. We don't feel a connection there. We just don't really feel like we're a part of the thing or we've tried to reach out. We've tried to show up to the events, whatever, whatever, but they never reach out to us. They never want to come over to our side of town or they never want to come visit us or whatever. They never stop by. They never call. They never text. We feel left out. And then you talk to the group and they say, yeah, we never hear from so-and-so. We're not really sure what their deal is. You know, we invite them to things, but they don't come. They don't mention why they're not coming. And it's like, okay, so it's two ships passing each other in the night. And I think that there's just this theme that is just not little more than a side effect of natural human nature, which is we all think that we put in 110% because that's what it feels like from our side. And so here's, here, here's a scenario that's probably happened. Okay. Let's say you've got couple A. Okay. So couple A drives 20 minutes across town to go to the thing, the event, the party, the get together, the gathering, the show, the whatever with the group of the people, you know, they chit chat and it was a big sacrifice for them. They had to cancel their other plans. They had to get a babysitter. They had to came all the way over across town and they put in the effort and they made sacrifice and they were really hoping to build friendships because they're in a, in a time of drought emotionally and they really needed that, that filling up. Okay. So here's what group a says, because a couple a group a, so the group says, well, yeah, you know, they, they kind of showed up late. They were kind of aloof. It was tough to connect with them. And then they left early. So yeah, I don't know. We didn't really, I didn't really get much time with him or with her or maybe, you know, and so it's like, so on one side, it's like, yeah, you know, they kind of show up, but they're not really that engaged. I don't know that they're really that committed to getting to know us. And then on the other side of the couple side, they said, we sacrifice all this and we get nothing out of it. And what that really, what that really reveals is it's like both sides feel a little bit shortchanged by the other side. And so they think, well, if they're not trying to reach out to me, I'm not going to try to reach out to them because it's not worth the work. Yeah, maybe it would be cool, but obviously they don't care. And I think this happens over and over and over and over again, especially when you have couples around our age bracket, you know, 20s, 30s, with kids, without kids, whatever. Um, or we've even, done it. We've heard our friends. Oh, yeah. We've totally done talk it. Talk about we've it. We've heard this story from multiple couples, from multiple singles. And we're kind of always scratching our heads like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, there's more to it. Maybe try again. We're not really sure what to prescribe. And so what I'm telling you is if you want this, you need to work for it. Friendship is hard when you don't show up to the same fourth grade classroom every day and your desks aren't put together. Friendship is very hard as adults. You are busy. You have responsibilities. You have to work with people you probably don't want to work with. You come home, you're tired. You have a spouse. You have a mortgage. You have whatever. Now you have to go to the gym so you're not fat. Like There's just so many things that you have to deal with as an adult that if you want to have an even decent friendship or relationship with either a couple, individual, or a community group, you need to put in more work than you probably want to. Okay, and you you already know, you probably already know that friendships are really important, that Christianity is a team sport, does not work as an individual. Otherwise, you end up like a you know total weirdo who believes weird things and yells at people on the internet, or I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's... It, John the Baptizer eating locusts and honey. I mean, I feel like we shouldn't... And a loincloth. We shouldn't crap on him, because, uh, you know, he was the first guy preaching the gospel, so let's probably... I mean, he was faithful, but... He was weird. He was also looked at as crazy because he didn't have no weirdo. friends. He was. I feel like that was not the best reference. Okay, take it back. Okay, <laughs> we'll come up with a better one. Anyway, that's not even the point. Of what we're trying to say. <laughs> the point is, you need to do more because a lot of times the effort you put in doesn't always translate 
into it being an obvious huge sacrifice to the people you're trying to relate to. They don't see what you gave up to be there. They just see you how you show up. So if you show up exhausted, then that's all they get to see. They only get to see, you know, the, the worn out or the frustrated version of you or the aloof, distracted version of you. And so you can't blame them for not wanting more of that. And so if you're the individual seeking community, put in the freaking work. There's just no two ways about it. Find the guy you thought, man, he's cool. I'd like to know him more. Get his phone number, call him, leave a voicemail, text him and say, I want to get together. Put in the effort, take the initiative. And if he doesn't call you back, follow up. Okay. Follow up. Same for the girls, same deal. And you know, it's, it's just like, we all talk about how tough it is to be a Christian, blah, blah, blah. You know, I wish I had this community. I wish that I wish whatever. Okay. Well, we don't live in an agricultural society anymore. That's pre-internet, pre-industrial revolution, pre whatever, you know, this was back in the day when you had to have farm communities and you either had to be integrated into the community or you died. And so there's the, so we look back at those communities and think how beautiful and vibrant that was. And you wish you had that whole village to raise a child thing. And then you lament that you don't have it. You're like, you're right. We don't have it, but we have iPhones and we also live to 85. So you know what? There's, eh, there's some give and take. There's there. a give and take. There's a give and take. So we have, we have immunizations. We have, uh, and that's what makes it so much harder because it's easy to live very yeah, individualistic true. and yeah. selfishly. Back then, if they weren't friends, they died. So they had a pretty strong incentive. Today, if you're not friends, you just order Uber Eats and everything's fine, basically. So, right. you know, it, so now that means that we have to be more proactive. There were no gyms in 1820 because everyone was literally fighting for their life to survive. There wasn't enough food to get obese. There was so much manual labor. There was not enough food to get obese and everything was manual labor. So, I mean, it's like, just get, just get real, dude. Like this is part of the times. It's not about, you know, the church going to hell in a handbasket, whatever. It's like, as technology changes, lifestyles change, cities change, then the way that you go about the way you do things needs to change. And so that's kind of our big pitch here is be freaking proactive and stop whining about, Stop whining about how nobody's reaching out to you and nobody cares. You don't feel the love, blah, blah, Well, they probably don't feel the love from you either. They probably feel like you're not really committed or you're not putting in the effort. Or you're not trying to get to know them. They're struggling. Think of how much you need it. They probably need it about as much. Maybe it looks like their life is more put together and clean and polished. But trust me, there's, there's a lot of lonely people who look like they've got it all together. So get out of your head and get into a conversation. Say, yeah. I'll, say, I'll buy you coffee. Let's just hang. I just want to get to know you. Everybody would be so thrilled to hear that. If they, if they can possibly, possibly give you the time, they'll give you the time. I encourage you. So if that's possible, um, do it this week, please. Those of you who are listening, all two of you who are listening. Babe, be more positive. I'm not being... I don't there think, could be more than two people listening. All three of you who are listening. <laughs> I'm so grateful for your listenership. And uh, do it today, if, especially if you feel like you're isolated and you wish you had better relationships and there's somebody out there you wish you were kind of better friends with, but it just kind of hasn't happened. Pick up the phone and say, hey, sorry if this is awkward, but I want to get to know you better. You seem cool. Do it. Pick up the phone, text, call, Facebook message, whatever. Um, because I want to see if this works because I think it's going to work, but I can only know if you guys are our guinea pigs. So will you do that for us? So to summarize everything... First, we have to be real about mm -hmm. what false expectations and beliefs that we have about friendship. Mm -hmm. So take a moment, maybe journal or pray through, meditate, whatever you do that works for you 
to just take a moment and sit down and really think and consider what expectations do I have about friendship, what false beliefs am I believing about friendship that I need to throw away or realign with what God's plan is. And secondly, you need to, to take a look at those things and be able to combat whatever that is with the reality of wherever you're at and then take a list of what things that you want to have in a friendship and what things that you want to look for in that person that Mike is talking about, like identifying that person that you want to get to know more. Both identifying the friends you'd like to have and the friends you currently have and whether or not those two lists match each other. Right. And revisit these proverbs to kind of help you as you evaluate those lists of your current friendships and are these people building you up? Are they helping you to produce fruit in your life? Are they giving you wise counsel? Are they people that you feel like you can trust and be open with and vulnerable with and they're not going to take advantage of that or use that against you or gossip about you or whatever whatever else it could be? And just really take that to heart and look at that. And um, and I think the other point that that we got to at the end was prioritize friendship because it is important and it's something that the Lord wants to give us as a gift. He's given us relationship. We're not meant to be in isolation. We're not meant to be alone and living our lives selfishly. We're meant to be in relationship. And if you have a spouse, great. That's awesome. But you also need per another person of the same gender that's going to be mm-hmm. that person. Because there's fluid. some things that that even Mike will sometimes tell me, you know, some fears that he had. Or, you know, when we found out that we were pregnant, it was like, okay. And there was some stuff there that that he was trying to communicate to me and not that his feelings were wrong or bad, but I was like, dude, I'm trying to deal with my own fears and insecurities. I don't want to take on yours. I can't have this conversation. Like go tell a friend about that because it's too much for me, you know? And he kind of took a step back and was like, Oh yeah. Like you're Mm -hmm. not meant to be necessarily my confidant and everything because there's some stuff that, should be shared with a friend and wise counsel and there's stuff that you know you can share with your spouse um and you kind of have to read that but but yeah so they your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend is not meant to be your only friend or that person that's your only confidant and um yeah like your only trustworthy person so i think that that pretty much covers everything. Yeah, that's it. Those That's kind of the main... I think we got through the main thrust of what we care about and what we wanted you to be considering and thinking about. So, Oh, uh, and then the last point was take action and pick up the phone. Yes, take action. Pick up the friggin' phone. And, uh, yeah, so I hope you liked our format. If you did, please let, leave us a comment. If you have any other uh, encouragement or discouragement, feel free to speak... <laughs> speak up about that 
because um, we're just we're we're just flying by the seat of our pants here. And, uh, and any... don't forget to leave that five star review. Oh yes, of course. Don't forget the five star review. Uh, Do you want to is... introduce our next topic? Yes, that's what I'm kind of getting to. So, um, so next week, haha, that'd be funny if we did this next week, uh, or in the next four months at some point, <laughs> uh, whenever we can friggin' get ourselves into this room to just press the bloody button and turn on the record. Uh, our next topic we want to talk about is divorce. Uh, not that I plan on getting a divorce anytime soon, I sure hope, but uh, we just wanted to cover the realities of divorce. Um, with the, the truth about some statistics, if you think that 50% of divorces and 50% of marriages end in divorce, you are technically correct, but that is an extremely misleading statistic, and I will explain those to you when, um, when we record that, and also want to talk a little bit just about um, what leads to it and not only what leads to divorce in marriages failing, but also maybe the pressure as a Christian of saying divorce isn't an option and maybe some of the adverse effects that happen when you, when you commit yourself to that dogmatic stance, uh, in a way that's, uh, it can become a prison rather than, um, rather than a motivator. So that's and how divorce affects children. Children. Yeah, that's of course super duper critical, and I feel like way underappreciated in our society. So, until next time. You want to pray us out? Okie dokie. Um, side note, I'm gonna call Mark Driscoll and ask him to be my friend because he said I could call him and we can have coffee together. That's a whole other story, but uh, just leave just it. Just putting that out there. Just putting that little nugget in there for you. I was gonna try to work it in, but I completely forgot until just the second. Um. So Mike's going to make an effort. I'm going to make an effort to be, to be friends with Mark Driscoll. I'm going to challenge myself to call somebody this week. Hey, look at you. Fist bump. Because I'm not good at it either. I realized that when I asked everybody to come to Annie and literally only, well, Krista tried to come and then Reagan tried to come and then your family right came. Now. You're blowing them out right now on this podcast. You're naming names. You well, can say I'm a saying person. that they... I'm saying that they tried to come and Elizabeth came, but the amount of people that I was expecting to show up mm -hmm. and support me mm -hmm. was like so devastatingly low that it broke my little heart oh, and I'm going to cry now, but oh, my I realized, wow, I must not be a very good friend if, if nobody wanted to show up. I mean... Not nobody. The three people that did want to show up. Thank you so much. And I love you. But, you know, everybody else that I felt like, oh, they care about me. I care about them. Mm -hmm. And not saying that they don't. Mm -hmm. But if they felt more from me or, you know, that, that we had a deeper relationship, I think they would have made more of an effort to support me, you know? I think if you would have been... A more effective communicator about your expectations, um, then I think you would have had a better turnout because I think everyone loved you and more people would have liked to shown up. I don't think it was communicated the best, and I feel like some of that is what we talked about here on this paper about having expectations that are not necessarily fair or reasonable and not going out of your way to make it easier for them to meet your expectations. Right. So I just. I'm just saying that I realized that I could be a better friend and be reaching out more and, you know, making relationships 
a priority and doing that more often than, you know, being selfish with my time or just wanting to watch TV or just <laughs> wanting to come home because I'm tired or I don't want to go. And super pregnant. Yeah, but even before I was pregnant. Yeah. It's just so much easier to live for yourself and be selfish. And, Imagine that. You know? Who could have anticipated? Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Fall into those traps. So... I think every once in a while we need to wake up <laughs> and, you know, repent of those things and ask the Lord to change our hearts and help us to to grow in those ways that are really difficult and to make time for the things that matter and the people that matter. So I hope that you guys feel encouraged and that you want to press forward and take action this week to do something to move your friendships forward and to grow in maturity of your friendships and with the Lord. So, Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us out and then we're done. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for that heartbreaking but heartwarming conversation today with Pastor Mark. And um, I just thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for being patient with us, being not so faithful and in our obedience and creating this podcast, but I thank you for being so faithful to us. Um, thank you for the house. Thank you for the baby. Uh, thank you for our listenership. Um, and thank you just for a fantastic life and a fantastic wife that I get to live and experience and enjoy every single day. Lord, I pray for our lis listeners that this would bless them. Lord, I pray that you would work your spirit in their souls and hopefully use some of this information to illuminate areas of in their life that can be solved areas in their life where they have issues that can be solved practically through what we're saying and then what we're sharing and that Lord, that they would just come to know you better and they would come to share you better and they would get the more fullness of the life they're living through the wisdom that we get to share. And, uh, I just pray you make this podcast worth it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>